And welcome to an Employment Law Show indeed. Good to have you along uh, for the ride. John Scholes here, your host. And this week we got Darren Saul, courtesy of Samfiru Tamarkin LLP at employmentlawyer.ca, doing all the uh, heavy lifting and educating for the uh, the complete hour. By the way, anytime you want to reach out to Darren after the show, you can. That is 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here and now, give us a call. Get on air with us. You have questions. You have something you're wondering about your workplace. Maybe you're dealing with a boss. Maybe a severance package. Maybe you've been told that uh, you know you're looking at a potential temporary layoff coming down the pike shortly. Is that legal? Can they do it? Maybe they've asked you to move locations, change your hours, change your rate of pay. Could be a billion different things in the employment law sphere. Well, they all bring about questions, but there is answers, and they're available over uh, the course of the next hour. And they're really not that difficult. You just got to pick up a phone and call us. In fact, every time you ask a question, you're probably Asking one for hundreds, if not thousands, of others that are listening who would love to get the answer uh, straight from Darren. So, so bring it on. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll continue here for the aura, uh, the entire hour, rather bringing your phone calls on. With the emails, we're rounding up toll free to call in one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight again one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight and help at employment lawyer. .ca. As mentioned, we'll get to uh, our emails here in just a bit and possibly later on in the show if we got time. Uh, discuss group terminations. We'll get into that. But uh, group termination, case of the day, week that was. Darren, what do you got going on, brother? Thanks, Sean. Uh, well, it's been it's been busy. I, you know, if, yeah. fortunately, me, for, fortunately for me, I guess, unfortunately for a lot of people, it's been busy, but I'm here to help do what I can. I, I've recently, there's been a lot of layoffs. I mean, people have been in the news, um, you know, just keeping an eye out. You're, you don't go a week almost now without seeing some tech industry layoff primarily. Um, but group termination seem to be what a lot of people are experiencing. I've been dealing with these Oh, for the better part of the last two, three months, kind of intensively now. And so, so the last week, what I, what I had was an interesting scenario. I had a number of people come to me from a single employer. And I mean, I haven't signed these people up yet. We're working on helping them out here. And, and so I'm going to keep the name of the employer out yet, but they, they came together and I did a bit of a group session with them and it, it works out real nice. They, their base question was simply, we're all terminated at the same time. Is there anything we can do? Are we owed more money? Um, right. And that was a great question. What they had been told from the employer was because of, you know, economic uh, downturns in, the, in, in, in Canada and in BC and in the tech industry specifically, um, you know, we're not going to be able to pay you severance. You're not owed that much because we're terminating you due to economic conditions. And, and I mean, the first thing is, no, that's not true. It's not true at all. Um, your severance entitlements do not change because of the employer's uh, financial situation or economic economic downturn or, or whatnot. Um, in fact, in this situation where these people are experiencing or going through what's called the group termination, which just to be clear, it, it's not just when a bunch of people are terminated at the same time. It's when 50, you know, for example, in BC, the minimum is 50 or more people are terminated from a single location of a business in uh, a two month period. And, and if that happens, okay. if you're aware of that happening at your business, you get enhanced rights. It's not that you get less because they're terminating more people. You actually get more. And these people are all going to get more. Um, the, the way the law looks at this is you have a bunch of people who are now entering the workforce, probably similar types of jobs, at least similar industry, and they're going to be flooding the workforce. What does that mean? That means in a, in a time where there's a scarcity of jobs in, in some respects, it is going to be way more difficult to find work. Um, you know, your your termination entitlements under a group termination can be as much as from eight to 16 weeks of additional severance, additional payment over what their, 
you know, specifically owed under their own personal situations or their personal contracts or whatnot. And so, you know, I, I've been talking to, like I said, I've been talking to a lot of these people. I've done these little group sessions, which I'm always happy to do for people because it gets the, the general information out there kind of quicker. And then we can deal with each person's tailored situation. Um, you know, specifically one of the people I talked to, I've talked to him, uh, personally after this. And, and in addition to the 20 months of severance he's owed, uh, just under his specific conditions and contracts and whatnot, he's owed an additional four months. Um, because he was terminated by operation of a group termination. Um, and, and so, you know, this is it's something that is, you know, good to keep your eye on if you're an employee entering the market, if you're an employee who's been terminated, keep an eye on this, you know, and it may be hard, but, but you know, see how many people are being terminated from your location, how many people are being terminated at the same time as you. Think back, how many people have been terminated in the month or two before you were let go, um, right? Because if you can bring yourself into this area, it will affect you moving forward, your ability to get work. Um, you know, and that's something that uh, you need to be cognizant of. If, if it's interesting too, because you mentioned that you know you had a bit of a group chat with a few of these people. Let's let's take that one step further, and this is something that, of course, Lior and you and your firm is spearheading. And that would be the uh, the big Spotify uh, layoffs that's going on, and that was kind of a weird situation. This one's a, a much a much bigger piece of the puzzle. But how exactly does that go down? I mean, was it a fact that they offered a good severance and they reneged on it, but it's too late because some people had signed this contract and now they're in in hot water? How did that come about? For a lot of people, have been asking about it. Well, nail on the head right there, John. It, it's really, yeah. the company made an offer. Uh, a lot of people accepted the offer, signed the agreement, and then the company right. says, well, you know, <laughs> maybe not, and pulls it back. You can't do that. Just like I tell people, if you are getting a severance offer from your company, call us first. Call an employment lawyer first. Talk about it. Because once you sign that line, you have a binding agreement. And just like Spotify signed the line or, or had people sign the line and accept those agreements, you've, you've, you know, you've, uh, You've entered into that contract with the other party. It's not easy to pull out from stuff like those. And in nine times out of 10, pretty much 10 times out of 10, once you sign there, barring something really odd happening, you can't get out of that. That is a binding agreement. Similar with Spotify. They made an agreement and said, listen, you're, we're terminating you. Here's your severance package. Okay. You sign on the dotted line. Now the next step is we pay you not to say, you know, oh, no, no, no. Now we've changed our mind because we've run the numbers here and we don't want to do this. I mean, I don't know what led to their decision, but you know, it, if, if there's something like that that's done, you know, you, you are, if you make an agreement, you sign on the dotted line, same, same way as if an employee signs a release, you're bound to that. And if you're owed more or you're owed less after that, it doesn't matter. The agreement has been signed. Um, you know, so. Yeah, it's interesting too, because I understood the packages that they originally threw out there were actually pretty decent, but they, they got some terrible <laughs> advice somewhere down the line to renege. Well, yeah, and I mean, the, the packages were pretty. I mean, I, I saw a few of them myself, and, and they were fairly decent packages. Um, ones that I think employees were fairly happy with, which is why a large proportion of them signed it, because they looked at this and said, well, this seems pretty fair. They must have got advice from other lawyers as well and said, well, this seems like a fair package. You know, mm -hmm. take the money, go out. You can, you know, you have a little time to go look for some new work. Um, there's going to be quite a few of you entering the field now, um, and, and so it may take a little longer. And, and yeah, maybe at some point, Scott, or Spotify, either you know got advice which said well you you know financially you can't afford this but you've already made the deals now you know pull out or, or whatnot I, I don't know what the content of that advice might have been yeah. um but at some point the decision you know the the error was made and the and the the error decision was made to renege on those agreements and i mean you know spotify is going to have to uh you know suffer the consequences of that i guess 
Again, guys, toll free to call in and talk to us here. Darren is always ready to answer your questions live, one 399 Want to get to an email uh, from Frank here a couple minutes before we uh, break. It says, guys, sign my severance offer because my employer told me that if I didn't, I wouldn't get anything at all. But I just used your severance calculator at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, and it says, ready for this, I'm owed $45,000 more than I signed for. What do I do? So, I mean, this kind of just dovetails into what we were just talking about, John, with the Spotify thing. It's, it's you know, if Frank signed the severance offer and it included a release of all claims, essentially a document which says in exchange for this amount of money, whatever it might have been, I'm not sure what the amount was, but, you know, whatever it was, if it was a dollar, a thousand dollars, five thousand dollars, you know, you're going to give up all claims against the company and you sign that you've given up claims against the company, irrespective of whether you're owed forty five thousand dollars more um, or you're owed, you know, five thousand dollars less. It doesn't matter when you and the company enter into that agreement um you know typically the other side uh, you know both parties are bound by that and so i tell people the the you know the best thing you can do is if you're presented with an agreement you're presented with an amount and it comes with a release you know take a few minutes give us a call it's it's usually free to call us and talk to us about this you know to get an opinion to have us look over your severance package and, and you you know you'd be surprised how many people i have come to me like frank but just come like just a little before before they sign and say hey like the due date's in a day and i want to sign this because i need the money now is this a good deal and i say well you know if you, if you need the money now you're going to have to think of the fact that you may be owed 45 55 i've seen ones where they're owed two three hundred thousand dollars more jeez um, wow. And yeah, it's just you, you ask the question. Um, it's always the best thing to do is you, you call us, ask the question. And because once you sign, I mean, uh, barring something extraordinary, you're bound by that. And if it's a bad yeah. deal, it's just a bad deal. That is correct. We are back. Thank you so much for sticking around with us here and uh, plenty of time for you to call in and talk to us. We're uh, fantastic producers standing by by the phones ready to pick them up. So go ahead, call, grab the phone and dial this number toll free one 399 is how you do that. Email, which we're going to get through here momentarily again, is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And we did kind of refer to it in the uh, in the first segment of the show. And again, this website is built and constructed all around making you that much smarter. It's free. It's anonymous called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Many of the questions that we deal with here on the show are available for you to uh, to peruse on the website pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Plus, you'll have access to the severance pay calculator. It does exactly that. It'll calculate what your actual severance should be, whether you need it or not. It might just be for an absolute exercise. You know, what if it came down the pike that you were let go? How much would I be owed? You know, my current age, my position, you know, the fact that I've been there for 25 years how much am i actually owed the severance calculator can do that millions across this country have actually used it so check it out it's uh it's pretty bulletproof meredith is up next says guys love the show here's the deal my former employer found out that i'm working for a competitor and is threatening to take legal action against me any advice from me former employer mind you what do you think about that darren so thanks, John. Meredith's in a bit of a, it seems like a bit of a sticky situation here. I mean, we, I'm going to probably start off by saying, Meredith, give us a call. Um, we're going to need some more kind of tailored uh, information here to, yeah. to really sort this out. But generally, it sounds like Meredith's talking about her employer maybe alleging she's um, breaching a non-compete potentially a non-compete clause or a non-competition clause or something like that, which is something that are, is found in, you know, quite a few contracts, actually, um, which essentially, you know, the, the general of it kind of says, once you're terminated from our employee, as the employer, once you're terminated from our employee, doesn't matter how it happens, we fire you or you resign, you can't work for a competitor for 
X. Sometimes it's six months, sometimes it's a year. I've seen some ones that say two to five years. Um, sometimes they say you can't work for a competitor in a certain geographic area. Um, and, and, uh, you know, it, what it does is it, it creates some certainty for the business that, you know, say a, um, uh, one of their top employees or, or something like that, or someone with real sensitive information to the, for the business isn't going to go jump to a competitor, leak all that, and then, you know, the business is obviously going to, you know, suffer a, a bunch of massive losses there. But the interesting thing about these is, is, I mean, finding a non-competition agreement or, 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 um, clause like this that is enforceable is very difficult. Um, you know, I don't know what Meredith's clause says. And so I always tell people, you know, the wording, uh, the devil's in the details here. The wording is extremely important because, um, a poorly worded clause, which I mean, most of the ones that I've seen are, are actually quite poorly worded, um, and a poorly worded clause can be unenforceable. However, a well-worded clause and an enforceable clause can really put you, um, you know, at the, at the short end of the stick there. You, you could be liable as an employee for damages against your former employer if you breach this and, and they suffer some kind of provable damage or something like that. There is, um, you know, there's a lot to kind of look at here. I think if Meredith's uh, former employer is, is threatening to take legal action uh, against her, she's done the right thing, which is first reaching out and saying, you know, what's what's happening here? Second, I mean, Meredith, we, you know, I'd say, give us a call, send in your con old contract. Let's take a look at that clause and see what we can do. You know, if, if, if it's one that says you can't work, for example, in, in the entire province of British Columbia for three years in the... I don't know, sales industry. I mean, something right. like that is going to be, you know, so broad and overreaching. Obviously, employers would look at that and say, great, I don't want to compete with her at all. And I don't want her competing with me. That's what I need to protect myself. Uh, the law says no. You know, something like that. I think the law would look at that and a judge would look at that and say that is way too broad. Um, that that significantly prejudices someone like Meredith's ability to earn any money in the province um, in, in a field she may have been in for, you know, whether it be a year or 10 years. Um, you know, so you really got to look at that. And I, and I think if Meredith's former employer is threatening her with this, you know, Meredith, give us a call. Um, let's have let's, let's have that reviewed um, and see what we can do to help you. You know, it's interesting, too, because I know there was there was some recent legislation came down. Now, I don't know if it's federal or provincial, because I know it's a fact in Ontario um, that that the government basically is, has put a stop to that pretty much to the non-compete because they just they frown on the fact that people can't go out and work and earn a living. So it's hard for employers to put that in there now. I don't know if that's across the country or, or that was just in Ontario that they did that. But that non-compete's almost become a bit of a dinosaur. You heard about that? Yeah, yeah. From from my recollection, that that's primarily in Ontario, that where the, yeah. the legislation is in Ontario. But I mean, the you know the way you phrase that is it's, it's kind of like a dinosaur. Uh, you know, is essentially the same everywhere. We don't have legislation in BC that takes that out. But, um, you know, the amount of enforceable clauses, like I said, I, I, I still haven't seen I've, I've seen one. You know, I've seen one in my years of practice. I've seen one wow. enforceable clause. It was so narrow. Um, you know, it, it said basically this person couldn't operate within 10 kilometers of this, this business um, for a period of six months. You know, right. that person was paid over a year of severance. And, yeah, and so when you look at that, you know, you yeah. say, listen, okay, you can't work within, let's say, let's just say you can't even work for six months within 10 kilometers. You've been paid a year's salary. You're at least not going to be, you know, out of pocket at that point. And so, yeah. 
you know, a really restrictive and narrow clause, a well-drafted clause, um, you know, can be enforceable. But the amount of those that you see out there, few and far between. Like I said, I've seen one. Uh, the rest of them have been overbroad, and, and, and so, I mean, chances are Meredith may have nothing to worry about. Um, you know, it, it may not stop her from being sued, but it's a good idea to get some legal advice first and, and to, to try to head that off at the pass to see what the issue is and, and to, uh, to see what her actual liability might be. Now, non-solicitation is different. That's taken a little more seriously, yeah? Yeah, very much so. So it's a good distinction to draw. Uh, Non-competition is just you, the employee, competing with the business in some way. Uh, And non-solicitation is, you know, that can be for other employees of the business or most commonly it's for clients or or purchasers or, or, or whatnot clients of the of the business that is one that can be uh, a very sticky situation to deal with um, and it is one that that or, you know could be enforced what those typically say is that for a period of time after you leave the business you cannot solicit clients you can't go and proactively call or attempt to poach or steal clients from that business that you learned of or serviced while with that business. Um, so a, a good example of that is where you see this a lot is uh, commission sales types roles. Yep. So where you have someone who says, sells a product for a company, wildly successful, making you know a lot of money, wants to go start their own business you know, or wants to go to a competitor because they get a good deal because that competitor wants that client list. Well, you know, where a non-solicitation is in place, you can't do that you can't take those people and if you do and those people come with you you know your liability as a person who has gone and solicited gone after those clients to the detriment of your former employer and breached that clause you could be liable for the damages to that person to to that employer and what that would look like is sales so you you have a pretty um pretty hefty liability potentially there and you know like like you said those ones are uh, more often than not enforceable because that that is a commercial you know a commercial principle you want to be able to businesses should be able to protect themselves especially when they've um, uh, invested in developing that customer base it's interesting is it a matter of wording at that point I mean if I work for Darren Saul Incorporated and I've, I've done pretty well you know I've got a good list of clients I have no intention of taking them with me but you know on my last few sales calls I say uh, hey pal you know what I just just to let you know in a couple of weeks I'm, I'm leaving Darren Saul Incorporated I'm going out on my own just been great working for you blah 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 you're a great client it's nice to know you now if they come to you that's different you didn't you didn't pull them away you just let them know that you're going out on your own yes or no well yeah I mean it, it is a, you know I mean? it, it is, yeah, it, it's, it's a bit of a fine tip on the, on the knife's right. edge there where you're, where you're talking to people. I, I think if you just say, listen, I'm no longer going to, I, I, tell, I tell people this. If they have that question, I just say, listen, err on the side of caution. If you are going to tell people you're leaving, just tell them you're leaving. Don't tell them where you're going. If they want to find you, Google. Google is your best friend. They'll find you, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's where you start telling them where you're going. You know, like I tell people is, is if there's even a whiff of the fact that you've gone after clients and your old employer gets wind of it, you know, the, yeah. for the, the losses they may suffer, they may still come gotcha. after you. All righty. Welcome back. Thank you so much for hanging in there. It's uh, John Scholes hosting and Darren Saul, employment lawyer, Sam Fury to Mark and LLP. Anytime after this show and during the week, you can always reach out to Darren. He's good for a chat just to clear up some any uh, information or some questions you may have. How do you do that? one 821 5900 
That's the phone number, and the email remains the same, help at employmentlawyer.ca, the website, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But we tell you, every every time we come back from a break, you can call us now, get on air, and talk to us with your questions. No problem. It's toll-free, of course, one 399 right, email number three coming up. Uh, Casey this time around says, guys, work in sales uh, sales position for a private company. I get paid a small base salary, commissions, and I have stock options awarded from time to time if I hit key performance metrics. I was just fired after six years with this company, and they're only paying me three weeks of severance and are telling me I don't get any more shares, even though some are supposed to uh, vest next month. Anything I can do about this, Are they? am I owed more? Okay, so Casey, seems like you're in a bit of a Difficult situation here. I mean, first things first, yes, you're, you're owed more kind of all around. Um, you know, three weeks severance after six years with the company, uh, it doesn't even hit your, your minimum entitlements. Uh, not to mention the fact that your maximum entitlements could be way, way more than this. Um, you know, if Casey's got an employment contract, we'll take a peek at that and see what we can do. I mean, the, the big thing here is, is, is looking at Casey's, uh, compensation structure here. This is something I see all the time, which is someone gets a, you know, especially in sales position, they get a small mm-hmm. base salary, a little draw to keep them going. They get commissions, which is the, you know, the lion's share of what they make, uh, monthly or annually. Um, and, and here we've got, sh- uh, shares, stocks. And so this is something I've seen a lot more of recently. And, and it's a it's a tricky it's a bit of a tricky beast. Um, so for for Casey's here, the one thing to know is that for severance, you don't just get your base salary. When you're terminated, you get your wages, you get your average salary. If you're if you have a variable compensation like she does, commissions change every month. Um, you know, and and so. You know, you get that over your notice period, unless there's very specific wording in in, in any contract you might have signed. Um, but generally, you get that over the notice period. The interesting thing here is Casey's getting shares, and the shares are supposed to vest. It says she says next month. Um, and is there anything she can do? Well, yes, there is. Um, you know. You get everything during your notice period. And then, so let's say your severance period, Casey, you're supposed to get six months of severance, let's just right. say. Then Casey should be getting everything within that six months that she's entitled to get if she was still working for the company. So this means if she gets shares that are vesting next month, the month after and the month after, all the way to the sixth month, she should get those. I've done that for people where they get those shares. They get average compensation over that period, which includes commissions. If someone is there there for, you know, Casey's been there for about six years, um, probably has a pretty fairly established compensation record and and, uh, commission record and and probably gets, you know, similar commissions kind of month in, month out. And and, and we would look at that and say, well, you're you're accustomed to an average level of earnings now because you've built up a giant sales base or you've got you know, repeat customers, depending on what industry you're in, we you know, approach it differently for everyone. But generally speaking, if you've got that built up, then you probably have a rough, you know, compensation, you know, annual compensation you're looking at. You know, we make sure that we get you, you know, the appropriate compensation for that period of time. Um, you know, the, the, the big thing companies always look at is they say, well, shares cut off the minute that you're... Um, that, that you're terminated and no that's not the case and and i know why why a lot of people do that and it's because a lot of the times the options the shares those are worth more than the severance um right and and a lot of people look at that and say well i'm only owed pay during severance and so shares obviously are out it's not the case at all um if you have that you know 
come talk to us. Let us know. I've dealt with many of these in the past, and, and they're, they can be extremely tricky, extremely complicated with share agreements and, and going through all the language, but it can be definitely to your benefit. I've had people who have gotten four, five, six, seven times their, their severance. Jeez. Uh, just, oh. just in the share part alone, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's honestly, John, it's wild how much um, can be just sitting there and that, that people just kind of leave on the table. Again, they sign that agreement thinking, well, severance pay is just pay. It's, it's not. It's everything you're owed, all your compensation. Um, and so, you know, don't, don't leave that money on the table. You worked for it. You've earned it. Um, you know, you, you, should, you should get that on the, on the way out. Yeah, it's basically making you whole for the length of the severance period, right? If it's six months, everything you would have normally had for six months, the car allowance, cell phone, so on and so forth, shares, you know, all your yep. benefits, that's got to be part of your compensation package, right? Not just the, not just the do-re-mi, right? Yeah, well, 100%. Yeah. It, it, it's yeah. The, the, the key thing to look at is you, when you look forward, it's what would I get if I still if, if I was still yeah. working the six months, gotcha. right? Yep. And, and exactly. if you would get that, you know, we'll get that for you. Again, guys, uh, you got some time toll-free, 1-877-399-9898 to call into the show and get on air with us. Next up is going to be, uh, let's get down to Michael. Guys, my company just laid me off due to what they called an internal restructuring. They said because my position doesn't exist anymore, they don't owe me anything. Is that true? So no, it's a creative. Uh, that's creative, Very creative. Michael. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give your company that. That's a creative yeah. one. But uh, no, an internal restructuring is is if they've eliminated your position, then they've terminated you. If they haven't offered you a new position to replace that, they owe you severance. It's really that simple. Um, you know, people. I, I get this question. You know, kind of off on the side too. I, I get the question. This is well, my company's shutting down. You know, my company's not going to exist anymore. And they're saying because of that, I don't. I don't get severance. And, and no, it's the same with this. That's not true. Your company's shutting down. Your position's being eliminated. Your position's being changed. Those are terminations. You are going to be entitled to severance. Um, you know, here, I think, Michael, get, you know, give us a call and, and we'll, we'll help educate the company. And sometimes it's that simple. Sometimes the company just doesn't know. Um, and we will, we will make sure that they're educated. We will make sure that you get what you're owed, um, you know, fair compensation for, for the time you've put in at the company and to get you, uh, to get you moving forward. Um, you know, really what it comes down to in any situation, uh, a wrongful dismissal occurs anytime you're let go from a position. You're terminated from your position and you're not paid appropriate compensation. Um, now, if a company looked at you and said, hey, Michael, listen, you've, you've been working for us for four years. Um, your contract says you get six months of severance. Um, you know, that's what we're going to pay you. Well, all things being equal, that might be a fair offer. Um, and if that's the case, you can sign that and take that. But where they're just saying because of something we've done, because of something the company, a decision the company has made to eliminate your position or, or you know, because of business needs or whatnot, um, have changed uh, and we don't need you anymore. We're just going to let you go and not pay you anything. No, that's that's not right at all. When you're terminated from a position, you are owed severance. Really, the question just is how much. That term layoff is there as well. Everybody likes saying, "Oh, I've been laid off or temporary laid off." That's 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 a dismissal. That's you've been let go straight up. And so many people have fallen for that. Unfortunately, over the last two years, especially, you know, with the wrap up of COVID, for the most part, they've been they've been told that and they've been shuttered with no money, right? Oh, that's, that, that's been a huge kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, fancy term that people have used. They've said, oh, yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been laid off. That's what the employers are doing. We're laying you off for a period. If you don't, if you don't have a term in your contract that allows the company to lay you off, 
If you have a term in your contract that allows them to lay you off for a period of time, then that's something that you'll have to, you know, go through and deal with. And you can call us. There's specific ways to deal with that. But if you don't, and if you haven't agreed to the layoff, then once they take away your pay, you can take that as a termination of your employment. And even in still, if you're put on a layoff, even when you agree to, if you're left on it, for a lengthy period of time. You know, there's legislation that deals with this. You know, and we can, you can call us and we can talk about your situations. But if you're left on a layoff, even when you've agreed to for a period of time, you can still be terminated at the end of that. It, the company doesn't get carte blanche to just say, listen, we don't need you right now, but we might need you in the future. So we're gonna just put you on a layoff or a temporary layoff. We might call you back in a month or two, we might not, we're not too sure, but wait for us. And if you don't want to wait, you can resign. It, that's not how this works, right? The, the law doesn't allow mm-hmm. a company just to, to furlough you, to put you into this like, you know, little silo and say, wait there until you can't afford to wait there anymore, and then you quit and, and we don't have to pay you severance. Not how it works. Once you're, once you're put off work, you, you get compensation. And we are back at it. That would be the number to call for sure. one 9898 Always taking your phone calls. Top priority. Silvio, going to get you on the line here. Thank you so much for, uh, for taking a few moments today. How are you, pal? I'm okay. Good. What's on your mind? I used to work for a pipeline company. Michael's Canada and I helped bring in a volcano super screen mm. and I showed him how to run it and I was the only competent operator because these big mining companies um, pipeline companies they want competent operators Okay, but then end up they rate me up for uh, over padding the pipe which is non-existent and taking the company truck home which they knew about three months prior, then I end up losing my job because of it. How long ago did this happen? Uh, February 15th. WorkSafe BC has been going to do some mediation, but still nothing happened. And my trainee, the oiler, he was forced to run my machine because I showed him how to run it, but he ended up getting his thumb almost cut off from the machine. You're not unionized, are you, Silvio? Yeah, the union, operators, engineers, union, they said that's their company. They can do, make and break their own rules. With, uh, All right. Darren, what do you say, pal? Uh, I mean, if if you so if you weren't unionized, Silvio, then I, I would definitely, I think, say give me a call. I'd be able to help you. But, you know, unfortunately, if you're if you're in a union. Um, you know, They're not helping because they can't. They can't do nothing either because there's so much favoritism on these pipeline projects. Yeah, yeah. We we like legally you're you're stuck in the in the bargaining process. Like through the bargaining process, you're stuck into the grievance process. Unfortunately, so the only thing to do is to lodge a grievance with the union, and you, you can talk to your shop steward and see if there's anything else that can be done, or or you know what can be done. Well, he said he can't do nothing either. He's his hands tied. Yeah, like favoritism I, in the pipeline. They got so much money, they can do what they want. Yeah, and I, they, yeah, they, I, I they didn't. They do not own this machine. Either. Yeah, and unfortunately, we, we we can't. There's nothing we can do for unionized uh, individuals. That that's uh, you're stuck into the 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 you know the the grievance process through through the union. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, Sylvia. I wish uh, I wish there was more I could do. I really do. 
Silvio, appreciate the call. And again, that's just uh, Silvio in this case, right, Darren? I mean, unionized on the whole, they are not allowed to go outside the, uh, you know, the collective bargaining the union itself to seek outside legal advice like yourself for simple employment matters. They can't do that, right? Yeah, they're they're stuck in, you know, it, it, it's one of the pros and the cons with the union process is, is that you, yeah. you get these, you know, these amazing protections and, and whatnot, but then you're stuck in the bargaining process and you're stuck in that collective agreement. And if, it, you know, if it says you're stuck in the grievance process, which, you know, that's the only way you you can go about getting any um, satisfaction or any, uh, you know, addressing any issues you might have in the union. It's it's uh, you know it's difficult for some people to to you know to, to deal with and, and because you are locked in that process. But um, unfortunately, yeah, they're not allowed to get um, you know external lawyers. It's not something we get involved in or are allowed to get involved in. Yeah. Yeah. Again, toll-free guys, still got some time. That number that Silvio just used, same for you, one 9898 In the meantime, Kendra's on next. This guy has been on sales position with my company for over 10 years, earning a base of 50000 and commissions. Recently, I've been earning 175 to 200 a year. Uh, last week, the company stated they wanted to make room for, quote, new blood in sales and wanted to move me into a more supervisory role. The role has a base salary of 100k, but no commissions, and the bonuses would max me out at 120,000 per year. They said they don't want to lose me, and this is the best for everyone. Is there anything I can do? Well, I mean, I'll start off by saying this doesn't seem to be the best for everyone. It seems to be the best for everyone except for you. Um, you know, that that seems to be a pretty significant pay cut. Um, you know, so there's a couple of things that that you might have here. Uh, Kendra, it's, um, you know, one, I mean, the, the, the first thing that I was drawn to is, is whether talking about new blood. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure your age, but if that is a factor in here, we'll talk a bit about that in, in a second. If, if the company is just looking to bring in new people, it doesn't mean that they can then, um, unilaterally demote you. Okay, that, that, that's going to lead to what's called the constructive dismissal. By what the company's doing, they're terminating your employment. You know, it's it's a very nuanced analysis, and so I tell people, don't hear the terms and go to your employer and say you're doing something I don't like. This is a constructive dismissal. Call us first. Always very important because it is a very very nuanced area of the law. Here, it looks like your your salary is being cut. You know, really significantly. I mean, you're you're, you're getting you know your maximum compensation compared to what you're getting now is you know eighty thousand dollars less. Um, you know, in, in those cases, the, the law says you don't have to abide by that. You, you know, there are certain cases where an employer can say, listen, we're going to cut your salary by 5% or 10%. And the law sometimes will say, well, you know, if there's business reasons or whatnot, then that could be okay. Um, yeah. and, and it's not a termination. But here, you got a pretty significant cut, cut happening. And, and that is something that um, in my view, would, would lead you to be able to claim constructive dismissal. And if there's, it seems like there's more stuff going on here. For example, if they're talking about bringing new blood in, and, and Kendra, if you're, you know, let's just say, you know, if you're in your late 50s, early 60s, and they're wanting to bring in, you know, 30-year-olds or something like that, there could be some measure of age discrimination going on. Yeah. It's something that people need to be aware of. I've seen it from quite a few of my clients recently, um, you know, who are in sales positions, especially with com commissionable sales positions, because these positions can be very attractive to younger people. Your company goes and says, listen, you can earn 300, 400, 200,000. And these people are saying, oh, great, I just got to sell some stuff and I can make this awesome. I'm not understanding how difficult it is. But here you've got someone who's established. You've got Kendra, Kendra who's established and, and maybe earning these because she has a, a client base. She's built yeah. that up, experience and, and, and whatnot. She's built this up over the last um, 10 years, it seems like, over the last decade. 
Um, so if that's the case, that that could found a claim in um, a human rights claim, uh, you know, for for age discrimination. So that's something to you know potentially chat about, Kendra. Um, the biggest one is is that even though they're moving you, you know, it, it's a, it's an arguable promotion. You're getting a supervisory role. Um, you know, you're getting your base is getting doubled. Um, you know, just because they're doubling your base doesn't doesn't get them out of the woods. What we look at, just like we were talking about earlier um, with some of the other calls, is we look at your, your compensation uh, holistically. When we're looking at what kind of severance you get, when we're looking at your position and evaluating mm -hmm. things and whatnot, we're looking holistically. We're looking at your base, commission. Uh, you know, if you get benefits, we're checking that out. If you're getting shares, we're looking at that. If you're getting, you know, a company cell phone, car or whatnot, having these things are important to people and they form part of your compensation. And if any of those are getting impacted or affected, um, they can result in, you know, you being terminated or being able to claim a termination uh, of your employment by, by your employer just ripping them away from you. Um, you know, it's, it's a difficult thing. Work is very important to everyone. It, it's kind of at the heart of what we do. You spend more time at work sometimes than, than you do at home. Um, and, and so you, you know, you rely on that. And so your employer just can't go in and, and yank all that kind of stuff out, all the important stuff. If Kendra were to think, ah, oh, you know what, maybe supervisory role has got its own perks. Maybe I can compensate for the, you know, base salary without the commissions. That's the increase of the base. Maybe my lifestyle will change it positively. I don't know yet. I'm not sure. Maybe it's not that bad. Can she, with a written request, take it out for a spin to her employer, say, you know, I'm going to try this for three or four weeks. If I don't like it, if it doesn't jive, I'm not doing it. Or if I do like it, then we can go forward. Can she do that? I kind of on a trial basis. Yeah, that's, that's a great, it's a great point and great question, John. It's, it's you, you can, um, you know, you, what you usually will do is, is you'll tell your employer, you don't agree to this change. You're not agreeing to this change, but you're willing out of, you know, respect for the company to, um, to give it a spin. To, to see how you like it, to see whether it's something you can deal with internally and financially. Um, and then if you can't, then you can, you know, claim your constructive potentially at that point. And if you can, then you can just stay in your position. Um, the key to, the key to know here is if your employer is making a change is, is it is important to lodge an objection. It, it is yes. important to say, well, I don't agree to this change, but tell me more about it. Get more information and then come talk to us. So we have everything in front of us and we can tell you, listen, this is what your options are. This is what your rights are in this respect. You may not have rights. The employer may be entitled to do what they're doing. Um, so be very, very aware of that. But always put everything in writing, lodge an objection in writing, and then give us a call. We can talk about it. But you can take it for a spin. Anything longer than a couple of days or a week or two, you know, you're, you're probably going to be looking, looked at as gotcha. having accepted that change. And that is it for a show. Good stuff. If you want to reach out to Darren now that we're done any time we're not on air, here's how you do that. That phone number, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca through email and, of course, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, the website. We'll catch you next time on the Employment Law Show.